Hey everybody, welcome to Myopia Movies. This week we're talking about Dragon Slayer. Now, funny enough, this had been on our schedule for a while. Matt has been pushing it for a couple seasons now. However, out of nowhere, it announced it was getting a 4K re-release. So here we are, in honor of the 4K re-release of Dragon Slayer, talking about a kind of forgotten, fun fantasy movie. So thanks for all you do, thanks for sharing, thanks for reviewing. Yeah, let's, you know what? I'll say it now. Let's get a few more reviews. It's been a bit, and we want to keep growing as we approach our 10th season. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to Myopia Movies. This week we're watching 1982's uh, Dragon Slayer, or 1981 Dragon Slayer, excuse me, the movie that saw all the other movies. I'm your host, Nick Hoffman, and on panel we have Charlie Rose. And this is a movie, uh, I believe it's a Paramount movie that was put out by Disney. It also clearly watched uh, Return of the Jedi. It clearly watched Lord of the Rings. It clearly watched everything else. But somehow, despite that, it comes to be be quite a little charming movie. Absolutely. Actually, I sort of love it because it had good... They knew the limits of the technology of the time. Mm -hmm. And the practical effects are solid. Because they take, took advantage of perspective. Right. And they didn't try to do too much and make it look bad. There are some moments, though. There are some moments. And, but I mean, I will say, uh, it does the, I guess you'd call it the Steven Spielberg school of don't show the monster unless you absolutely have to. And therefore, the dragon uh, the, of the titular slaying um, is very rarely in the movie. But when we see it, they use it, and it works pretty well, and the composite shots have aged quite nicely, all things considered. Um, and again, it's all light hitting an object, um, but I guess where we have to start is, how do I put this? There's just something about the 80s, and these faces don't exist anymore. When we're in the medieval towns, like, and again, I don't know what it is, maybe it's just that we told women to stop smoking and drinking while they were pregnant, but like, there's just faces that are practically special effects on their own and we have the male lead um where there's a romantic interest and he's an action figure of like one of these sword and sandals video games played by the comedian peter mcnichol and (laughs) yeah well you know i I would hesitate to say hero i mean he was okay he was the hero he was not the muscle-bound stud hero that you've come to expect from Sword and Sorcery or Sword and Sandal movies. It reminds me of um, the Star Wars, you know, because he's a very Luke Skywalker. Because yeah. Luke Skywalker's also It is very, hero. yes. Although, have you seen the original movie poster where he's holding his arm up and he's ripped? Like, that, that's the disconnect. There. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it, it has, it definitely has, like, you know, it's funny, you know, you bring up the fact that Disney was attached to this. Um, but it definitely has, like, Sword in the Stone vibes going on. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's sort of interesting. It It's a great movie, I think. Uh-huh. It just, well, we'll talk about where it sort of, you know, slips up along the way. So, um, had you seen this before? Yes, I did. I mean, this was like... One of the you had to watch it movies. Like yeah. I think if I'm thinking about the '80s, 
the big sword and sorcery movies, of course, are going to be Conan. Right. Um, it's going to be this Dragon Slayer. Uh, what Beastmaster is another one, and Troll, well, which is a strange one. Have you done that one yet? We have not. That that's a stay tuned. That's a stay tuned. Well, and I will say, I mean, it's a little bit different because it's supposed to be quote unquote historical, but like Excalibur, I think would fall into that. Oh yeah, Excalibur is a good one. Uh, um, Red Sonia, which is the oh, I tried to forget that one. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. Yeah. Um, but you know, like it was, it was a thing, or I mean. Is this uh, the decade of the Barbarian Brothers? Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Yeah. I think that Dungeons and Dragons was starting to be on the rise. Mm-hmm. Satanic Panic was definitely, like, you know, growing. And it was sort of living in the space of, well, people like dragons and knights and things like that. I mean, you don't, you didn't see much of that, like, in the 90s and the early aughts and, heck, even today, I guess. Um, D is back with a vengeance. Right. Um, but in the 80s, I don't know. It just seemed like it was all over the place. Well, I think back then, um, the 80s, it started out with, you kind of alluded to it, this movie is unusual because so much of what we were talking about was the muscle dudes. Like, it's essentially an yeah. action movie. But then by the back end of the decade, we get the uh, Dark Crystals, we get Labyrinth, we get Willow, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Jim Henson-y kind of magic. Yeah. This seems more like it belongs at that end of the decade in some ways. Yeah, and 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 it's really interesting because it was it was lacking, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. It if they had just poured a little bit more family into this. Yeah. And and you know what I'm talking about, that the little oomph that they need to make it a family Disney movie. Right. Then I think it would have like exploded all over the place. Well, and to your point if this had been Jim Henson and then there had been a few more gleep gloppy creatures around the oh, puppets, yeah. that then we're already there. there yep. There's the one big bad, but then there's like his little buddy is instead of being that old man who takes <laughs> one for the team in the, in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's an anthropomorphic. I mean, again, then it's just labyrinth or dark crystal, but still there's a reason why that or the never ending story works. Mm, yeah. He has a little buddy that survives, and then when it dies, it's extra tragic, as opposed to this complaining old man. <laughs> um, I believe I saw it once or twice, because this is Paramount, so I think it was just like a CBS afternoon movie, because um, with the, all you have to do is edit two seconds out, and it's a perfectly TV-friendly film, right? There's one half second of nudity that doesn't add anything, um, because the idea that no one could tell she was a woman is outrageous. Yeah. But talking about magical realism. But um <laughs> but other than that one instant, I'm sure this was on TV all the time, right? And it's right at 90 minutes which is where you want to be for a made for TV movie because they'll stretch it out for 2 hours and this has better effects than most made for TV movies, right? Uh, yep. Um to me the shocking thing is how forgotten this movie is because oh. every other example we mentioned, I bet you there's still a fan base for. It. Crawl is a bad movie. Yep. Conan uh, Sonia, they even remade Conan about a decade ago with Dwayne Johnson. But like this, even Willow has a Netflix show. Yeah. Like how how has this not come back? Maybe it's that the rights are split between Disney and Paramount, but I can imagine this turning into something because it's an interesting world they've created. Mm-hmm. Um, well, an interesting world that has dragons yeah. and magic and God and Jesus. 
it's interesting. That doesn't happen much. Yeah. But also, because like, like, I do like the put-upon preachers. We have put-upon preachers in both movies we're going to record tonight. Yeah. Um, but I just, I do dig how, like, this world has these kinds of rules, but it is also traditional medieval. It's it's very, actually, what if medieval stuff actually did happen, right? Merlin would have been real in this world, and mm-hmm. the dragon of St. George fame would have been real in this world. Um, but otherwise, it's, you know, people sacrificing for a lottery. <laughs> it's It's got all these little charming bits that yeah. are tied together with grisly-ass 80s people, yeah. right? Like, there's no special effects here. There's no, like... I like Game of Thrones. It was fine. But they're really good-looking people in this. No, no, no. Medieval this up a little bit. Give people, like, yeah. strong cheekbones and scarred face. Like, it's cool. It looks yeah. great because of that. Um, like, this gritty-ass Gandalf wizard at the beginning, too, is pretty awesome. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and let's not forget the, the trope of filming a medieval type of on the bogs where they, like, blow, like, smoke in front of the actual, like, filming to, to say, ooh, spooky. Right. It's like, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> well, you know what? It's maybe perhaps it's that kind of thing, which you're right, right? It's it's almost Scooby-Doo-esque at yeah. times. But it's also the reason why I think the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings works. Because he was also actually fl- filming on bogs, right? Yep, yep. There is also something about actually being in that setting that makes it all the more satisfying. Absolutely. Um, you want to give me the plot? You got the plot here? Well, let's, let's see if... This is the one part that I think it does sort of, mm, it's a complicated plot. It's high fantasy, so there's a thousand things that are going on. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> let, let me see if I can go through it. Please jump in if I like get a couple things out of order. Mm. Uh, it opens up at the the wizard's keep. <laughs> and so you've got, uh, you know, basically uh, Ulrich is this, uh, this grand sorcerer right. that uh, these individuals have made a pilgrimage. And it's, it seems to be one young man and about five or six uh, middle-aged men who right. have gone. And they're basically saying, we need help with a dragon that's basically holding us hostage. It's, it's you know, what is it when uh, it's a protection racket, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you bring me uh, two virgins a year, I won't destroy your lands. Which is something. Yeah, it's exactly. A, I mean, this is almost edging into, like, vampire or werewolf. Like, you know, like, yeah. it, it, we're just like, mythical monster, we got this thing, and we've got it down. And it's really something, yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, he basically said, you know, he... he Ulrich does the the doddering wizard and sort of says, no, I'm not going to go, but then finally says yes. And they're just about to start on the journey and Tyrion, who happens to be like the, I don't know, I guess he's like the king's guard or the head of the the king's secret police or whatever it is, and uh, of this community... And basically says, you know, hey, we're not going to mess with the status quo. Um, and my way of doing that is I'm going to test you. Right. And so basically you've got Ulrich, you know, just says, you know, go get me this knife to Galen. Galen, of course, being his apprentice. Right. Uh, the Peter McNichol role. Uh, he goes up to uh, the room, throws the knife down, then all of a sudden magic happens and all the doors shut locking Galen in and 
it turns out that Tyrion kills Ulrich. And with, like, with immediately. this. Yeah, immediately with this knife. And so he's like, oh, well, that was easy. This is done. And um, here we go. So, you know, Tyrion leaves. The remainder of the people are still there. And they burn the. Um, burn Ulrich. Okay. Yeah. And apparently he leaves a message with his manservant, I think. Yeah. To Galen about dumping his ashes in the river of lake when the time is special. The, the river of fire or the lake of fire. The lake of fire when the time is right. When the time is right or something. Which is so much Which nonsense. is like, great. whatever. Great, sure. Um, and so, you know, that happens. Well, you know, Galen finds the necklace that, the, uh, that Ulrich had and realizes he can do magic with that. So... I don't know, with stars in his eyes, I guess he goes and, you know, tells this this contingent, hey, I will go, I will defeat this dragon. Right. I mean, it's freaking crazy. People are doing dumb things in this movie, and I classify this as a dumb thing. Well, I mean, this is Joseph Campbell, like, the hero's journey, like, 101. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's 7,000 other things going on. Uh, by the by. Well, I, I, I will pause. Please. Not really the hero's journey as much as it is the fool's journey. The hero's goings on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, I didn't mention this, but do you know why we're doing it this week? Why is that? It's getting a 4K release. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. This movie's uh, 42nd anniversary. <laughs> well, there you go. So they've they've announced that they're releasing this in 4K um, at the end of the or beginning of the next week. So. Oh well, there you go. I mean, it was just like, okay, and. Uh, credit where credit's due. I bet you it will look incredible because mm. it's all practical effects. Absolutely. And I will say there's not exactly a theme to mention, but mm. the music across this is incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah and it was absolutely. nominated for an Academy Award for it. Um, it lost to Chariots of Fire, which catchy. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's understandable. What theme do you remember to this day? Chariots, Chariots of, of Fire. Fire. Um, which one is parodied in the next Wayne's Brothers movie, right? <laughs> like, because it, it's, it, it's, as the kids would say today, it's a banger. Uh, uh, it's a banger. But this one, again, is hard to lose when you go full orchestral. And we have a scene where they're having a, like a medieval shindig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's lutes and you're just losing your mind. Exactly. Uh, everyone's having a good dance. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great segue because basically he goes with them and... Things happen. The manservant dies along the way. He discovers that Valerian, the young boy, is actually a young woman. Um, and his and, and Galen's way of dealing with the dragon is basically just to cause a landslide, a rock slide, in front of the cave where the dragon lives. And, you know, supposedly trapping him in. That's right. And we should have mentioned that as his apprentice, he's kind of learning magic. Yeah. But... It kind of goes in and out, and because he, he's yeah. not confident with it yet, exactly. And so there's this is also kind of that precocious kid '90s movie thing of like, if only you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, we also he's also dragged in front of the um, uh, the king, right, to to explain himself, and the king is like, well, you know, basically, you need to prove yourself. He tries. He doesn't have this confidence. Right. He can't do the magic, but the king knows as he keeps grabbing his neck where the necklace is. So the king takes the necklace and basically shoes him along his way. That's right. Um, 
they're moving. I believe this is also at the same time that the dragon busts free. That's right. By causing all these earthquakes and breaking through and causing all sorts of trouble. So now they have to do the the lottery once more. That's right. Um, and this is... Okay, this is when weird subplot happens with the king's daughter. Right. So, I mean, we should, we should mention this now. Um, what's the woman's name who's pretending to be a man the whole time? Oh, that would be Valerian. Valerian. So Valerian, played by Caitlin Clark... Uh, appears with the early gang of marauders looking for a, a dragon slayer. Yeah. Um, but she's dressed, I guess, like a man. It, it's kind of the Mulan thing where they just, you know, strap body armor to her and she's she's kind of more in Make her short hair. They, they cut her sh- hair short. But it's not that short because in the next, eventually it's just like long enough that they're like, oh, she's a beautiful. Um, eventually... And the one scene they'd have to cut for TV, Galen dives naked into the pool with her, into like a pond with her, yeah, and sees her naked underwater because the second he dives under the water becomes crystal clear, which yeah. is amazing. Um, but he goes, "You're a woman," which I was like, "Wait, that was supposed to be a surprise," <laughs> <laughs> because like uh, whatever. Um, but she apparently hid out as a man because uh, only virgin daughters can be sacrificed. Yeah. And so the dad disguised her as a boy so that she wouldn't be in the lottery. Um, and she, in a very, you know, kind of late 80s, like anti, you know, it's almost a classist jag. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the rich make sure that their daughters are never taken, which comes up later because that's exactly what Galen says to the princess um, Elspeth. Yeah, Elspeth. Yeah, Elspeth. Um I also just want to mention my, my favorite character and his death uh, was right where I cut you off, which is the preacher. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, how dare you? A man of God is not afraid of a, of these mythical creatures and are, they're not real. And then the dragon comes up and he starts praying as though he, again, like St. George of old, is going to slay the dragon with the Bible and the dragon just ends Just him. absolute, <laughs> just freaking season. Um, I will also say, just because we're here, and I mean, you and I are a fan of the theme parks and such, this was, they actually made a 40-foot dragon animatronic. If this was anyone other than Paramount, if it was Universal or full-on Disney, yeah. that would have been in a theme park. That oh, would, absolutely. Because it's it's a cool, like, because again, I remember the old-school King Kong ride at Universal, or the old-school Jaws ride. Like, there's actually animatronics in that, and to have a big-ass dragon, that would have been cool as shit. Um, I just, I, which by the way, apparently that's called go motion as opposed to stop motion because they have a mechanized parts of a dragon that are being controlled by a computer. I hate that we have to have different words because again, it's all CGI now. So kids don't know it. And like, there's a great show on Netflix called the movies that made us. And they talk about like the one on Jurassic park. If you want to learn what this stuff is, watch the Jurassic park thing. Because, you know, the difference between a Harryhausen um, and then like Henson versus computers is that motion blur. When the thing lunges, it has to do something because otherwise it's just right. And that's what makes it look incredible. By the way, while we're here, do you know who played the priest, Brother Jacobus? No. Who is that? Ian McDermott 
the guy who's the emperor in all the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. Because this was just filmed in Scotland, and he was just a Scottish stage actor, so he occasionally would just show up for yeah. auditions. You know, got, got to pay the bills, might as well. And, I mean, again, back then, like, like if you watch a Tim Burton movie or something, part of it was not, do you have the voice? But also, do you have the strong cheekbones? You just got to look like something. Nowadays, everyone looks like a model. I, I don't care if those kids get killed in Crystal Lake. In yeah. the 70s and 80s, they have character to their face, and that makes it that makes it interesting. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. Everyone here had a look about them, a very character actor look, like they belonged in medieval times. That's right. Like, and, and these craggy faces of these dudes who show up with axes. I'm like, yeah, they have craggy faces and axes, right? Indeed. You know, um, and I like, um, what's his name? Uh, the 11th Doctor. Oh, um, Daniel let it out this awkwardness, or maybe oh, he won't that bad. Maybe he won't. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Smith. Uh, Smith. Yes, but, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Um, but but he has this baby face to him. You know, yeah. him and David Tennant, and that's fine because they're supposed to be kind of naive and fun in the show. Now nah, I don't want them in my medieval yeah, period exactly. drama right now. I want I want my craggy faces. I want my Chris Lees. I want my apparently ralph richardson playing ulrich i don't know who that is but damn it he looks like a wizard I, I, yeah and I, <laughs> here's the thing all these uh, like basically several of these characters i know i've seen before i know i've seen in other things no. i just can't place them uh, exactly and and that's why again it's 1981 so peter mcnichol looks like a like like a child even oh though I'm yeah sure he's 27 exactly <laughs> i mean he's definitely well i mean he, he was born in 1954 so you know yeah. do the math he's you know 27 27 yeah. actually um i i do i do like it when old man gets it they're on this quest they're 20 minutes into this movie yeah and he's like it's it's practically a monty python bit because he turns around and splashes the water and all of a sudden he hears yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what did the plot device tell you? What did he tell you? And he's just dead. He's like, take this satchel from me. Yeah, exactly. And and you'll know when to dump it into the lake of fire. What? Lake of fire. <laughs> Peter McNichols. It's just, he's losing his mind. But again, someone just killed his buddy. Exactly. Um, and that's when we're in, reintroduced to um, this team of goons uh, led by Valerian. And we're back at the dragon's uh, keep. Whatever. It's, 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 it's well, yeah, yeah. This is this is when you know he does his magic and causes the landslide, right? And locks the dragon away. You know, the dragon comes back, and now they have to do the the lottery again. That's right. The, the landslide brings him down. And by the way, uh, landslide. Um, and by the by, this yes. is very King Kong because we yes. have oh yes tied to the stake, but the cuffs and she's brought through town. And when we're here, where he's about to bring the landslide down, yep, he's like holding the cuffs because for for how like kiddish it's it's not a kid movie, but it's yeah. for how kiddish most of this is, where the woman is trying to tear like the cuffs off her flesh and she's bleeding. Oh, absolutely. that's pretty rough. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's got some dark moments. But yeah. it's also very tropey, you know, the, 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 the woman struggling, struggling against the, the, her chains as she's waiting to be, like, sacrificed to the great beast. But and again, it's very Fay Ray or something like, help me, help me. And it's very, it's over the top. Meanwhile, he enters the cave on, um, 
Oh God! He he enters Yoda's cave. Like yep. this is literally like there's like moss hanging down. It's it's. I know this is also directly out of the Hobbit, but it's not quite. This feels much more like he's about to face his greatest foe in the first act because we're still only thirty minutes in. This oh, is yeah, a third of the absolutely. way through the movie. In fact, when I was watching it, it surprised me that he gets there so quick. I thought the whole voyage would be to get there. Exactly. The voyage was like five seconds. Right. He's called to action and then saves the day, kind of. Well, he thinks he does. He claims he does, but he doesn't actually. Um, But he causes the landslide. Wait, I thought he caused the landslide. He he? does. Okay, good. But I mean, but he thinks he's telling everyone he's killed the dragon, Uh, but he hasn't. And all he did was trap it. He did. Well, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, but this is when we get the reveal that she's actually a girl. Like it's the yes. she's all that or whatever. It's um Yeah, she takes down her hair and flips it around and all of a sudden now she's beautiful or something. Yeah. And then Ted's like, Are you sure you want to do this? And she looks slightly different and everyone's shocked. Nay shocked. Uh but it's because she's the only girl left in town because everyone else has been sacrificed to the dragon, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I also just love the, I mean, I know it's 81, but Peter McNichols is so 70s with his little curly fro and uh, his absolutely. like toe-headedness. Exactly. You know, <laughs> sort of innocent with that squeaky voice at times. It is. And, I mean, it's in, in 1977, he could show up dressed like a peasant somewhere. It would have been fine. But now, <laughs> 1981, they're playing this kind of lute, and he's like, let's break it down medieval style. And this dance just starts happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's everyone's <laughs> having, you know, a grand old medieval time. We're dancing in a circle. My God. Exactly. <laughs> this man is a revolutionary <laughs> on thy soul train. Um, and, and everyone's like, you had a daughter this whole time? Well, son of a bitch. Mine died 20 years ago. They're all okay with it? <laughs> yeah, apparently. They're all just kind of fine. Um, and the guy with the beard and the, like, the very obvious hairpiece is kind of like, you know, you shouldn't have hidden that from all of us. Um. But right as the party's getting started, the king's men show up. Exactly. And these king's men were the ones who uh, stabbed the wizard at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're the ones who... uh, Tyrion, uh, the king's guard. And I I just, I know you talked about this, but that stabbing scene is the most ridiculous thing. Because, again, he throws the knife down, missing the guy's hand by half an inch. Yeah. It's very dramatic. And he goes... I'll say it incantation, and they'll never kill me. And you just see, and he dies. And he dies. It's just <laughs> so anticlimactic, and everyone's just like, "What the hell? What was the point of that?" Um, we walked all this way for that, <laughs> and especially since, like, again, everyone at this point in the world has read Lord of the Rings, and it's the seventies, and like you said, D and D is back, and yep. that's also Lord of the Rings, and the Backstreet version is out. There's no Balrog. He <laughs> dies because of a parlor trick gone wrong. It's like one of those top five lists of magic tricks gone bad. Right? Like he didn't catch the bullet actually. Like that's, yeah. that's how it's played. And everyone lays him down. They're like, oh, fuck. The yeah. wizard's dead. I mean, you, you, and this is actually important for later. But you get this feeling that he's sort of a fraud. Right. You know? That he's not a real sorcerer. That he just, all he can do is like snap his fingers and make uh, flames appear. And that, uh, like, uh, flames, and not even, like, useful flames, like, on a candle. Right. It, it really is. It's, like, close-up magic. Yeah. Um, and then when the kid call, causes the avalanche, he suddenly thinks he's hot shit. Oh, yeah. Um, which, again, it's great because after they break up the shindig, they're like, 
lift the table again very ghostbustersy and he just kind of knocks it over oh yeah and apologizes which is just it's the best so they lock him in the dungeon yep and this is where that whole oh father never actually put you in the raffle for human life exactly oh yeah yeah yeah. that's important i forgot you're right um basically yes princess elspeth she never went in the raffle right and so she was never in danger, and apparently she's bothered by this. And and this is where it comes together. He's like, look, you are here because blah, 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 and you were never actually a part of this. And she goes, more of your peasant lies, or whatever she says. Um, but then, her, then the king and his advisor are just staring at this map and trying to figure it out, and she goes... Was I, was I a bet? Uh, no, was I in the, the, the pool for the lottery? And the, the, the advisor goes, someone's been talking. And then they go back to the map. <laughs> I know. It's just, like, just go back to the map. It's, it's like, can't you just lie effectively? <laughs> a little bit. You're a king. Uh, at the end, he turns out to be a decent liar. I love the, 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 the dragon slayer bit. That's, that's yeah. funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to just say, um, clearly this was filmed uh, it says Scotland, but I believe it is. It's filmed where there's actual castles and people yep. are actually in these giant keeps. But past that, they're like, we don't have a lot of money for set decoration. So like when the dragon turns out to not be dead and the, it's attacking and such, there's like an earthquake and they're doing the Star Trek thing where they're shaking the camera. But there's like six people running around. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> there's no tapestries. They're just like, oh, shaky, shaky, shaky. It's really great. They, they do like the candles, though, which helps with the visuals. It does. <laughs> They make good use of their budget. I will say that. Oh, yeah. And I don't know what the budget was. Um, I imagine half of it went to ILM to make that damn dragon. Um, yeah. But it works. Every Everything here works. Uh, when they kill the, the wizard, it turns green, uh, which I assume is just adding some chemical to the fire. But it looks good. They, yeah. they, they think it through, which is, I guess, one of the things you'll always say about 80s special effects is since they were expensive and they had one or two takes because mm-hmm. you had to use them, they had to think the shots through in advance. Yep. And in bad movies nowadays, or mediocre to good movies even, sometimes that you can clearly see, they just said, we'll add the special effects later. Yep. And they move on. Fix it in post. Right. And so they don't even know where to look. Exactly. Right? And yeah. here, when the fucking dragon's overhead, even if it's not moving, he's like, ah, a dragon. And I was making the hand gestures. So for an audio media, it doesn't help, but trust me, it made the scene. <laughs> Oh, um, okay. Where do we leave off? Um, well, okay, so he's in the dungeon. The dragon attacks. Kind of earthquakes are yeah, happening. Earthquakes are happening. Um, he a, a magic white horse appears, and he rides through the castle, threatens the king by shaking his fist, and jumps through a hole in the wall. Exactly, and he escapes. That's right. Okay, and this is the scene that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, where all the townspeople are around, listening to Ian McDermott as this preacher. <laughs> The Lord will protect us from the dragon. There, there is no dragon. No evil can walk this earth. <laughs> we, we, no, he, I think he said actually something like prayer and song will be our shield or some ridiculous thing like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the camera is having a seizure, right? It's yeah, all exactly. over the place. It's all over the place. And then like we're on Legends of the Hidden Temple, like the land starts to raise up and topple over. And he's just standing left. Like one guy with his spears being consumed by a pit. A tree falls on him and the apocalypse happens. It's great. It's great. Um, uh, and then, of course, your favorite scene where the priest is just standing there and the dragon rises from a, a crevasse that has opened up and just basically flambes. Him. Ends him. He's gone. Yeah. And it, they, like, they, they, 
and again, if we needed practical effects, it's right here, and they take a dummy, they cover it in a flame jacket, and they just light the damn thing on fire. Yeah. And it's also funny because, again, he's a preacher, and he's peering into a fiery pit from hell, and he's like, you know what this needs? A psalm. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's just, no, 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 no. You run. Everyone else ran. You run. Um, but also, again, we're now 45 minutes or so into the movie. We're about halfway. Yep. Still haven't seen the dragon. Even here, it's like a silhouette and then a flame Yeah, attack. you're just seeing it like from a certain angle or you, you're seeing like just the faintest edge of the side of its face. And, and smart camera work as the camera pans up yeah. over its head. And then we see the back of the dummy prop and then he's turned to dust, right? Exactly. Um, and it's just, God, it, it's, it's so funny. It's so well done. It's so well paced. And he's turned to a crispy critter. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And we have this one witness, the, the guy with the, the bad piece and the white beard. And he's like, and he runs off. We see the white horse mm -hmm. and, uh, and our hero arrives. And the dragon now is overhead burning everything in the village. Absolutely. Um, and so now halfway through the movie, the movie gets undone and we have to start over again. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of fun. So, so now, basically, uh, he has to hide because the king's men are looking for him. Right. Okay. And I don't remember the exact order, but apparently they determined the formula is he's going to kill the dragon. Right. So they have to acquire everything he needs to kill the dragon. Right. And what he needs is a weapon. Right. Which, handily, yes. apparently, um, Valerian's father, which, by the way, he is credited as... Valerian's father. I kid you not, in the credits. For, considering how many lines he has, that I, sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Valerian's father pulls out of a river a, a forged weapon that he calls Dragon Slayer. Which, which is funny to me because, like you mentioned before, this is already medieval. Yeah. It could, like... You could have gone full on like medieval Christianity, and be like, "This is the spear that slayed Jesus." Oh yeah, right? like the spear, the spear of destiny, right? Like, yeah. and then, and then, and then, there's like a divine light. Like, go, you could go full hog. Meanwhile, he's he. Meanwhile, instead, it's the Legend of Zelda, and in the stream, he found <laughs> and in the stream, yeah, the, she finds this the quest item, <laughs> the quest item, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So he has to get that. At the same time, I, I want to say Valerian's sneaking into the dragon's den, stealing dragon scales right. so she can make him a shield. And... Looks like a Ninja Turtle shell at the end. Yeah. And while the the new phase of the lottery is going on, um, you've got Galen sneaking into the, um, the, the, the castle to find the necklace. Right. And so all this is happening, and I don't remember the exact order, but those are the three things that apparently have to happen before he can go fight the dragon. Yeah, I mean, because now that the dragon's active, as Charlie mentioned earlier, they think they need to have another virgin sacrifice. Exactly. That, um, that will appease the dragon. And I don't know if we mentioned what the necklace is, but it's uh, it's like a, a gem that we mentioned that the manservant had, which essentially, we find out later, trapped the soul of the wizard. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a magic medallion. And yeah. um, and that's what Galen was using to do magic. But like you said, sometimes when his confidence wanes. But here's the thing. If it had maybe the soul of the sorcerer, maybe the sorcerer was determining when and when not magic needed to happen for the purposes of the story. We'll get to that later. Uh, we also should mention that it looks like a southern lady clutching his pearls when he does that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kind of like, 
And again, he's doing the magical hand gestures like we're watching a bad Harry Potter porn parody. But like, it is, it's very funny how he does clutch his per, like the, the necklace every time he does tries to do force magic, which again is funny now that we know that Emperor Palpatine is in this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the townsfolks are like, we need another sacrifice. And at this point, the princess de- develops class consciousness or whatever. And exactly. she replaces all the names in the basket with her name a thousand times. And the head priest advisor guy draws the name, doesn't want to say that it's actually the princess, but the people he, he hears it from the crowd. Like yeah, the, the, cr- the crowd is like going, read the name, read the name. And so he reads it. And then the king is like, oh, no, that's an error. He misspoke. That's not the real name. And everyone's like, wait a second shenanigans which, which is so funny because you'd think that people would be like oh our princess but no one cares everyone wants her to die which exactly. is kind of funny because they're like yes yes make it the princess and i was like all righty then but i also just want to say like everyone has a good costume and it's quite the choice like yeah. the king and his like regalia yeah the head advisor with that kind of like yeah like, it's like a dutch girl hat but it's also like kind of a cardinal's hat yeah it's really something and he's wearing this tunic everyone made choices and it's wonderful oh absolutely and you 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 don't know if it's actually like period i mean grand fantasy world with dragons what is period but it just feels like it's right which is funny because we mentioned of the earlier movies excaliburs around the same time yep and they fucking committed to the medieval <laughs> right you know you know half their budget was just to that uh, metal plate mail that they wear that armor yes. like it's a remarkable and here they're like but what if a fancy hat and, and it's just it's so good i mean well i mean <laughs> let's be honest excalibur was lots of plate mail Lots of like sheer fabric, and right? Lots of Vaseline on the lens. Of dude, it's it's all in soft focus. They hired, they must have hired a cinematographer from a soap opera, like, exactly. And it's it's a great movie, and I'm making fun of it, but it is it's truly remarkable. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. But they commit to it being serious to the point where if you're a little stoned or drunk, mm-hmm. you'll be laughing the whole time oh, because yeah, how hard they commit to it. it indeed, indeed, <laughs> probably one of the last movies i remember having an intermission oh yes it does which uh, i'm gonna get the years wrong but i think monty python is directly parodying it because they also have that intermission in the last 45 seconds right before the end um because i mean and here you can watch this and be like at any moment, Robin Hood could show up because again, yeah. the princess went, during this lottery scene is Mary Marion. She's wearing the like yes. the velvet with the crown on, and she's like, "And I must be sacrificed for the good of the people." And you're like, "Oh, of course you are." Yeah, exactly, exactly. She's like all signed up for it. She's like, "It's I must right the wrongs," and everyone's like, "Well." Fuck she it. said it. Yeah, not me. Kill her. <laughs> and, and, of course, the king is forced into this, and he doesn't love it. So he goes back into the castle. Right. And he confronts Galen, because Galen's looking for the necklace, can't find it. Well, that's because the king is wearing it. That's and right. he basically hands it to Galen and says, save my daughter. Kill the, kill the dragon so my daughter can live. Right? Exactly. That's what it is. Spoiler, he doesn't. He doesn't, no. <laughs> and also at this point... um. Valerian also is like, yeah. I, I I know you're a woman now, but now you still you still have to go fight, yeah. right? Because exactly. that's what the dad's kind of doing. You, your slightly longer hair can remain, but we need you to fight the dragon too. Exactly. Um, so now that they have like apparently most of the items they need, 
what apparent what Galen determines is that he needs to magically reinforce the Dragon Slayer. Right. So he takes the blacksmith and who is, of course, of course, we've determined it's credited as Valerian's father. That's right. And spoiler, I guess. He, he does. He uses the necklace to make like the dragon fire. I mean, what do you Magic assume? fire and and Valerian's father hammers it a couple times. Sort of some weak blows, but you know, whatever. whatever. I'm not judging. Actually, I am. I, I will also say at this point, um, Peter McNichols, Galen character has like a green shawl over his shoulders. Yeah. And he looks like Merry or Pippin from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, he, he's, he's got that cute baby face and does. the curly and hair. the curly hair. He really does. It's like, oh, it's a hobbit. Oh. <laughs> All he needs like, is big hairy feet. The hobbits ain't the ones who kill the dragons. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they just <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, oh. using the magic fire, they, they, they kind of power up. Again, exactly. This stinks the Lord of, the, of um, Dr- Dungeons and Dragons. Now, yep. using a gem, your sword is more powerful. Exactly. Well, th- and that's the thing. And they and they show it by having like him just like let the dragon slayer hit the anvil, and it just cuts through the anvil like like a hot knife through butter. That's right. And and it, and we mentioned the the magic fire, but it really is. I mean, this is eighty one. So some Star Wars have come out. Some Star Trek has come out. Yeah. Some of the movies are back, right? But that's what it looks like. It's like someone took a highlighter over it, and then they just <laughs> <laughs> because like when you heat up metal, it does turn orange. That's not this orange. No, no, no. This is like <laughs> this is <laughs> this is like magic highlighter orange. And when the hammer hits it, it's like it glows like a lightsaber. It's like wong wong with with, with 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 sparks. That are clearly like post prod. Oh, absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, he's all like, you know, done up. He's got his magic spear thing. He's got his uh, dragon scale shield, right? And he's got his necklace. And um, on the other half of the movie, they're taking the princess to be killed. Correct. Uh, and she's wearing this kind of baptismal gown and a flower crown like we're watching Midsommar. And it's it's really something, right? It is. And, and she's she's strung up on the post. Yeah. And he's and he charges Galen charges in there like he's going to save her. That's right. And she's all like, um, no, thank you. I'll pass. And, <laughs> and then, of course, you got Tyrion shows up. and He's like, look, I'm not going to let you interrupt this because it's going to cause all our homes to be destroyed. So there's a fight between Tyrion and Galen. Galen actually cuts the princess free and says, run. She runs, but she runs into the mouth of Kay because she needs to do her duty. That's right. Um, we should also mention around here is when um, Valerian and Galen hook up. Oh, yeah. And this again, this is a, such an 80s scene. Oh, yeah. Like, the oh. night before the hero goes to fight. And, and, he, and she's like... Um, He's like, I must go fight, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, oh, the princess sure is beautiful. And he's like, I'm in love with you. Make out for a second. And it's just, and it's, and again. It's a wholesome make out, you know? It is. It's, and again, it's very squeaky clean mm-hmm. uh, 1980s teen comedy kind of yeah. thing. Um, all the clothes were on. All the hands were above the waist. I don't even think they touch each other. I think they just they just kiss. kiss. Yeah, and she's holding the basket of dragon scales at yeah. this point too, right? Like it's just it's all together, very, very, very clean. Yeah. Um, and then they have the fight where the sword, uh, kind of cuts through the staff of 
or the the shaft of the spear, yeah. but the spear cuts through the dragon. Dragon doesn't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, Galen goes into the cave, right? And what we can assume are maybe the dragon's babies. Yeah, they mentioned that they're babies, and he murders them all. At a boy. At a boy. Um, and then he goes to fight the dragon. Uh, it is of note that where he finds the dragon is deep within the cave in a lake of fire. Yes. But he doesn't realize it at that time. No. He does not. Don't worry. But, Don't worry. You know, there's a fight between him and the dragon. It's actually extremely well done. Yeah. Uh, this is probably some of the best effects in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, it's... It's everything's very practical. Everything felt incredibly realistic. Well, and again, like we we were talking about how. So the scene right before this is Galen versus Tyrion. We mentioned that, yeah. and and of course Galen wins, Tyrion loses. Uh, but like, all they did is have a slow motion fight, and every time the weapons contacted anything, there was a sparks. Yes, and it was like, and again, it's all post production. It's very. Yeah. And it, and it moves kind of slowly because I guess these are expensive props. But it's made up by the fact that 90 seconds later, we have this dragon fight starts. And it, oh, yeah. and it starts very much like... Um, and the dragon fight went on for a, a minute. It goes on for a hot minute. Yeah. But it, I mean, like, it even starts with, um, like, what is that Ray Harryhausen movie? But like, because he's walking down into the lake and there's fire yeah. everywhere and it's very dramatic. Like, they're fighting the Medusa or something. Yeah. And the, the medallion's going and there's fight. Like... They thought this scene through. This is the sizzle reel of the movie. Yeah, indeed. Well, they took... I don't... Okay. If Daniel was here, I'm sure he would have the right name for what this effect is or what this technique is. But every time they showed the dragon attacking someone, they would show it slowly rising and your perspective is behind the dragon looking at the victim. Right. And that was a very common approach that they did. And it was extremely effective for what they needed because they didn't need to have to move the face and make the face look realistic because you're catching it from the back. Yeah, it's almost a two shot where it cuts from him to yeah. behind the dragon. And it it works. And then every so often they give us kind of like like a reward. Yeah. The dragon in profile shooting fire. Exactly. And it's it's a great shot. <laughs> or 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 you get to see the eyes up close. Yeah. Um, you know, and we still have the dragon attacking. So, you know, oh, we, oh, real please. quick. I do have to point this out. I did spoil it earlier. Um, when he finally went into the cave and killed all the um the baby dragons. Right. Apparently they've been feasting on on the uh, princess, the princess El- that's uh, right. Elspeth. And it was just like, oh, well, that's sad. <laughs> Almost hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so uh, he uh, he hits the dragon like two or three times with his spear. Yeah. I mean, jumping down from the ceiling on him, etc. And he gets him really good in the neck, but then the spear breaks. The spear breaks off, right? And so it's stuck in the dragon. He can't get to it, so he has to run for his life. That's right. Um, and... Which is great because you don't expect the hero to start running like a coward to yeah, the back end exactly. of the movie, and and it's funny because I don't know I'm I'm sure people knew the runtime at the, the time, but like we're like an hour thirty of a movie oh, yeah. that's like an hour fifty with credits, and the hero is making a break for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Because like I said, this is where it starts to get disjointed, and I think that's where some of the problems 
I think this is why it's not very popular is because it starts to get too complicated for its own good. That's right. Because essentially the, what happens here at the end is after the princess revives him, it's when it hits him that this lake of fire is a lake of fire. Oh, no, no, not the princess. It was uh, Valerian. Oh, sorry, Valerian. Because he right. runs back to Valerian and tells her, I, 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 I screwed it up. I, I done screwed up. I done right. screwed up. And so basically Valerian's father, as credited in the credits, um, tells them, y'all need to leave because this is going to become terrible and the king is probably going to have you killed. That's right. And um, so they run off. They run, and then this is this is when it hits Galen. Yeah, right. He's staring in the lake because apparently he has magic powers that allows him to see the future in the lake or things in the lake. And he, this is when he, the the gem activates. Yep. And he resurrects the the uh, the well, wizard. He runs back to the cave. Right. And then dumps the ashes into the lake of fire that's in the cave. Right. Green flames appear like before. Exactly. And, the, and, the, and he comes back and goes, good food, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, it did have a couple of cute, funny moments like that. But yeah, he's like, uh, we have to go. And so they go to the top of a mountain. Yeah. And then the final scenes begin. It's right. Um, and so, you know, the apocalypse is coming down in the town and they're panicking. And up on the hillside on top of this mountain, the dragon's flying around, flying around. The wizard has his staff out. He's trying to cast out this dragon. Mm. And this is what he's like. First, you ha and you have to kill me. Yeah. Like You'll know when, but there's there'll be a moment where you have to kill me. Uh, you have to kill me by breaking the, um, the gem. The, the gem. That's right. Um, and, of course, this is the part also where the worst effects are because they're doing this dragon right. against a a cloudy green screen. Oh, dude. The lens wasn't cleaned or something. It's yeah, really it's, noticeable. It is. It's probably... It, it's still... It's For the time, it's not bad. No. But it's nowhere near as good as everything that we have seen thus far. And I, th I think that, you know, they really didn't have much where else they could go with this. So I guess they had to spend all their money for something this climactic. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the end of this movie is the dragon has the wizard in his claw. Yep. They're flying around. And again, it's just, it's an above shot where this poor old man is just in a claw. And yeah. like, help me, help and, I'm, and, and, and definitely the scene with the dragon, I'm getting some Harryhausen vibe. Very much. Know? Very much. And then he smashes the uh, jewel. Yep. And it, the dragon explodes just... Absolutely, ah. and falls to the ground. That's right, and turns to stone, and it's bleeding, and yada yada yada. It's all scarred, clearly out. dead. And the king shows up with a sword and stabs it in the neck, and it goes, "I am the dragon slayer." <laughs> yeah, is... yeah. Uh, all hail Cassiodorus Rex, the dragon slayer. And uh. It's like, huh? And like, literally, like uh, Galen and Valerian are standing there right next to him when he does it, and they look at him like. Who the hell are you? <laughs> what? What the hell is going on? Yeah, Verithromax Pejorative is the name of the dragon, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the end of the movie. That's kind of the end. Well, the, no, no, no. They start walking they off. They start walking the off, and he's all like, well, I guess I don't never really had magic. And then he's like, I wish I had a horse. And then a white horse appears. And the white horse appears. So it's sort of like, maybe he has magic. Wink. Um, Wink. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I guess just as since we're talking tapestry here, uh, this was the second movie that Disney and Paramount worked on together after Popeye from 1980. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. um, but you know, I will say this: it, it was it was a good movie. Yeah. It just sort of got lost in the third act. It did, um, and I appreciate the runtime because it moves so quick you don't think about it. Yeah, that is true. Um, because, you know, you can make it longer and make it more of a complete film, a little bit more of a thinker, fix that third act. But at 90 minutes, I think it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just surprised that, you know I, know, I know, I know, I know this is a modern thing where we have to have six versions of every movie. I'm surprised there hasn't been a remake. I'm surprised there weren't sequels uh, because yeah. they do a nice world. They It looks good. It feels good. This This could have had two sequels. Uh, turns out that wasn't the last dragon, you know, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Uh, he's going to Ireland this time. He's going to fight an Irish dragon. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, like they have this whole, they build it up. At one point, he's holding up a tooth. This isn't a claw. This is a tooth. It's a dragon. And you're just like, ooh, there's going to be a dragon in this. And it pays off. This isn't a shitty special effect later on. They put their money where their mouth is. So I kind of like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, so... That's where we are. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. I think um, we recommend it, though it's harder to find as we're recording that it will be when it actually comes out. When you can now buy it on Blu-ray, and I assume it will end up on Paramount Plus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine it wouldn't. Yeah, um, but um, as I set these things up on a tee, our next episode is episode three ninety nine which uh, is on The Room because you guys hate us. Uh, but that means episode 400 is right on the horizon and we've already hit 400 episodes doing this nonsense. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Anyway, so thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for doing all you do to make sure other people hear this. And thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Season 9 of Myopia Movies is produced by Nick Hoffman and Daniel Suttis. It is hosted by Nick Hoffman and stars Daniel Suttis and Matt Quinn. The theme music is Surf Shimmy by Kevin McLeod of Incomtech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and review us wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, guys. <laughs>